Did you know there are over 30 million born-again evangelical Christians in the United States who do not vote, even for the presidency? We are Million Voices, and our heart is to change that. And joining us today from the great state of Georgia is consultant and digital strategy executive and president of Schindler Digital LLC, uh, Adam Schindler. Adam, welcome. Glad to have you today. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for doing this. Good to be on. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Adam actually built and, and did the infrastructure of a lot of everything that you see with Million Voices. He's also a contributor. So um, I, it's just really an honor to have you, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. Glad, <laughs> glad to see you. Yeah. Good friend and patriot. Hey, so I just want to jump right in, Adam. You are a lover of Israel and have been for the longest time. I've sat in actually Bible studies with you and learned a lot about Israel and has proved my heart for, for Israel, the nation of Israel. Why is it such a significant part of your life and why is it so significant to you? I grew up in a Reformed theological tradition. Um, and so we were very, very Bible, New Testament um, law of of freedom from sin and grace, freedom from the law of death into, into um, the law of grace and just the whole the whole covenantal reformed world. And I grew up in that tradition and, and, but I discovered when I met the Holy spirit, um, when I was in my mid twenties, the Holy spirit began to talk to me and lead me into understanding about reading the old Testament. And as I began to read the old Testament, I read the book of the Exodus. And when I read the book of the Exodus, the whole Bible began to come alive. Mm. Like, and I got connected to some friends um, who lived in Saudi Arabia that had done studies around where the, maybe the real Mount Sinai is in Saudi Arabia and got just so immersed in the story of the Exodus. And as I did that, God really began to talk to me about his chosen people. And I began to see that the work of Jesus, that Christ is not Jesus' last name, it's his title that he gets from the first two-thirds of the book. And the first two-thirds of the book is about the chosen people, the nation of Israel. So I've been 15, 18 years now studying the Old Testament from a Hebrew uh, perspective and how to understand the stories, how to read the book of the Exodus and the life of the kings and what was God's covenantal promise to Abraham. And all of that has led me into this love and support of the modern day nation of Israel uh, because God's covenant promise has never just been about the land of Israel, right? It's been about the people. It's been about what he wants to do through his people and through his Messiah, Jesus. So the covenant was never just about the land, but it was never without the land. Yeah. And this is key because God grounds his eternal purposes in a physical place, and in a physical time, that Jesus came to a place in time to do an eternal thing. And so I support Israel for one, one reason, the, the, the modern state of Israel. I support the modern state of Israel and our connection relationship with it, because biblically, God's mandate is to love and support and pray for Jerusalem. And I've discovered who God is and who Jesus Messiah is, in such a deeper way by coming to understand who Israel is um, and what the prophetic promises through her are, uh, even to this day. 
Yeah, it's so great. I know last fall we went through the Exodus files with you and um, yeah. we going through Google Maps and literally landing in these places in, in Jerusalem and Mount Sinai and uh, to just to see the imagery in the picture of, OK, these are real places, but also the imagery and the pictures of what God was showing us and what would happen in the New Testament and what he would fulfill in Jesus is just absolutely phenomenal. I loved it. Um so, uh, yeah, I, I, I really appreciate um, what I've learned and, and continue to learn. So obviously here at Million Voices, we're, we are we are engaging these 30 million evangelical born again people who are not or not voting. And so I want to talk about the significance of, of America's relationship with Israel. What is the significance of that, Adam? Well, America has been... Um, a, a constant friend and ally of Israel since the foundation of the modern day state. In 1948, 11 minutes after Israel declared its sovereignty, um, the United States confirmed that publicly. Hmm. Uh, I think it was President Harry Truman was the one that did that. So the U.S. from the beginning, uh, uh, over 70 years ago, 72 years ago now this past summer, was a friend and partner of Israel. Now, America has continued through the ups and downs and the ebb and flow of, of administrations. Uh, a lot of our support of Israel comes in the form of security um, uh, support, and that gets triggered a lot through both Congress and through executive order. So the, the U.S. government's support of Israel in its security situation, a huge percentage of Israel's budget goes towards securing its borders because they are surrounded by nations that have said and continued to say that they want to wipe Israel off the map. The crazy ayatollahs in Iran continue to say they don't want to just have a Palestinian state in Israel. They want to destroy Israel completely. So Israel takes those threats serious and the United States takes those threats serious. So our biggest purpose for supporting the nation of Israel currently is to establish a secure democratic free bastion um, where there's religious liberty and that there's freedom um, to vote for who they want to vote for, that there is economic opportunity, both for Jews and Palestinians, uh, for Arabs and Jews in Israel. So America supports that in the security situation through, through dollars and information and technology. And I think that that's a significant reason that we need to continue to support Israel. Yeah. Um, Aside from the biblical mandate, uh, I think we get the biblical mandate. Just from a national policy mandate, it's important to support Israel because of who she is in the region. But from a biblical perspective, you know, they are a fulfillment of prophecy <laughs> about all the prophecies in Jeremiah and Ezekiel about coming back to the land from which they've been deported and being established never to be uprooted again that vines would be planted in the hills of Samaria and the great dressing would happen again and that they would live in the homes and create the vineyards. And all of this stuff is happening in fulfillment of biblical prophecy today. And uh, as an evangelical believer, supporting the work that Israel is doing to reclaim the land and to be a light to the nations is a key part of being a Bible-believing Christian. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that, as a Bible-believing Christian, anything that the Israeli government says goes. That God commands that we support Netanyahu. 
Like, that's not the same thing. Support for Israel is not the same thing as saying that I support the current administration in Israel or in the U.S. Um, it's about a heart, affection, and commitment to pray for, to love. I encourage everyone to go to Israel, to see and walk the land. Um, but it's important that believers not confuse support for Israel with blind support for the government right. that's in power, right? As would be with any, right? <laughs> Yeah, and we make that mistake a lot. <laughs> yeah. So do you see there's an opposition to America's support of Israel? And and why is is there um, an opposition to that? Well, there is a significant support to the ongoing U.S. support for Israel. Um, and I think that there's two major battlefronts. One is this geopolitical one where they're fighting for dollars and security. Uh, and then two, it is this uh, court of public opinion there is a very serious marketing campaign that's been going on since the 50s and 60s, early, late 50s, early 60s, uh, trying to paint Israel as occupying force uh, to a land that they stole from um, a peaceful tribe of, of Palestinians. Um, and and that, that whole narrative is spun in a particular way. And one of the greatest oppositions to the United States' continued support to Israel is a movement called BDS, Boycott, Divest, and Sanction. This is something that's pushed by the United Nations and a lot of other organizations around the world. Um, and it says that we're going to boycott anything or anyone that does business with Israel. We're going to divest, which means to pull out investments from any corporations or any companies that are doing business with Israel or anyone that does business with Israel. And then they seek to sanction um, anyone that does business with Israel from a national, so they lobby governments. And a lot of states, Texas is one of them, passed anti-BDS legislation saying the state of Texas is not gonna get federal tax dollars or state tax uh, subsidies from any company that supports BDS because BDS is economic terrorism. It's an economic assault on companies that want to do business with a free democratic nation in the Middle East. It's the only one in the Middle East. Um, so that is one of the greatest oppositions that, that Israel faces and that America faces. American companies are targets of this. Um, so I encourage our listeners to, to read up about the BDS movement um, and what the real effects of that are, because it's a significant threat. Yeah. So Adam, um, you recently, in the last couple of years, actually were part of a Jerusalem prayer breakfast Um could you tell us a little bit about that and, and maybe some of the things that happened there that were really significant? Yeah, the, the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast is an initiative that started, I think, three years ago now by a guy named Robert Alatov. And he was the, uh, the chairman of the Allied Christian Caucus in the Knesset in Israel. And his mandate was to reach out to global Christian bodies. So he and a friend, Albert, uh, decided that the best way to do that would be to invite Christians to Jerusalem to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, much like the National Prayer Breakfast in D.C. Yeah. So they didn't think that the government of Israel was going to go for that, to invite Christians to come to Israel to pray with the Jews for the peace of Jerusalem. But they talked to, um, they talked to the president, and within a couple of days, he said, let's do it. So that's been happening for the last three years in Jerusalem. Uh, the coronavirus shut it down for 2020. It was scheduled uh, in June and then again in October, and that isn't really happening. But we've had 
hundreds of pastors and leaders and congressmen and governors and people from all over the world come to Jerusalem to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and do a three-day summit. Um, we've also done them in Ghana and Singapore and The Hague and the Netherlands. I hosted one in San Antonio, Texas, and we had like 700 people there. Uh, we've got some articles on Million Voices uh, about that. And it's just been a really remarkable event to have Jews and Christians joining together to pray for our common love for Jerusalem and Israel, that this is not a theological or political thing. This is a biblical thing. Yeah. Scriptures command us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast leadership, they have gone around the world doing faith-based diplomacy. So they met with, with, with uh, the, president, the new president of Brazil. They met with the, with the president of Ghana and the kings and the queen and talked about moving embassies from, from their uh, locations into Jerusalem like the United States has done. So they've done a lot of faith-based advocacy to support Israel, to move embassies, to encourage government leaders to value Israel. Uh, and it's been a really wonderful organization to be a part of. That's amazing. So I'm a little curious, like, um, what were some of the things that you heard the Lord uh, saying in those, in those moments, in those, those breakfasts together? Well, there was just the beginning. The first one was very much, it just sort of felt like this pregnant moment where something happened that nobody expected to happen. And it was on Jerusalem Day, I think it was June 5th or 6th in 2017. And on that stage, they declared that the embassy would be moved to Jerusalem. And one year later, Michelle Bachman prayed that and just declared it and just spoke it out in Jerusalem. And it sounded crazy, right? This was June. Uh, but what do you know? Five months later, six months later, the embassy has moved. And so we were in the same room on the same Jerusalem day the next year, only now we had an embassy in Jerusalem. So there were these just, there's been so many moments in Jerusalem when we were praying and we could just see that God was both saying and then doing the things that, that we were praying um, and that we were tapped into what God was doing. And there's just a lot of really exciting energy in 2018 and 19 in Israel surrounding what the United States had done over there. Yeah. With the embassy and the Golan Heights and all the different things. Wow. Adam, this has been so rich. And I, I really love that we're bringing the aspect of Israel into this conversation here, um, Million Voices. So we'd like to give our, our contributors just the last few minutes to talk, speak directly to our viewers and tell them why is it important for Christians to get involved in politics? Well, I think it's very important for believers to get involved um, in, I consider it to get involved in government uh, because sometimes politics can feel very off-putting. It's like you're getting into a blood sport and believers, not everybody wants to get on Twitter and get into a, a, a tweeting fight with somebody. That isn't what's required to get engaged in your civic duty, to be a participant in the free government of the United States. And when you understand that your voice matters, that elections are won or lost by razor thin margins, tens of thousands of votes change who the president is, who your governor is. When you understand that you speaking up and getting involved with your voice to vote, to talk to your friends about voting, 
to get educated on the issues, right? You don't have to become a great political pundit and you don't need to argue and prove people wrong or right. But it is important to educate yourself on the issues that are significant. And when you do that, you get some education. I recommend that you also pray and ask God what he's doing in your nation, what he's doing in your city, what he's doing in your family, and then listen to what he says. If you can arm yourself with information, if you can arm yourself with connection to God, what he's saying to you right now, then you can begin to take your place in your civic um, environments and say, you know what, I do believe this, and I'm going to vote accordingly, and I'm actually going to watch things shift because of how I vote and how I pray. And if you just do those simple things, get some information, talk to your friends, pray, and vote. I think we really will begin to see a monumental shift. And that's your duty as a believer. Don't pass that off to somebody else. That's your job. Yeah, it is. Adam, thanks. This has been so enlightening. We really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Kevin. Thank you. Visit millionvoices.org today for more resources. We will be posting more videos just like this with thought leaders across the nation. Each of these videos connects to one of our 10 guiding truths. Today, we talked about Israel. Please visit millionvoices.org, click on guiding truths and get more content that matters to you. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Share these video links with your friends and family. And remember, your voice matters.